We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I'm Ty Windish, one of your hosts, joined as always by the suddenly delighted co-host Rohan Kadi. Rohan, just go ahead, spill the beans. Um, you know, I'm giving you explicit permission because I don't think we'll make it through this pod without just busting out laughing if we don't address the elephant in the room here. So the elephant in the room is... Uh well, when we do these podcasts, we record via Zoom call. Yep. Um, and usually uh, when Ty sends me a link to a Zoom call, it's like I open it and it's like, you know, there's a waiting room. Uh, and then yeah. Ty has to accept me, bring me into the call. And then, you know, we, we chat it up, do podcasts and stuff. Uh, however, this time uh, Zoom managed to do Ty a little dirty here and oh. not have a waiting room. So I just joined the call. Mm. Ty, why don't you tell people what was happening? Um, what was happening, and I'm not going to do a reenactment, when we launch a paid service, maybe people can get access to this. Oftentimes, before podcasts, I like to do vocal warm-ups. My vocal warm-ups, typically, is singing and or rapping along to a song. So, there was some Big Sean on my Spotify. I, I knew the verse pretty well. Paradise, from a few years back. Obviously, you know, some words left out, but I'm sitting there. Rapping Paradise by Big Sean, thinking, where is Rohan? Usually he, I get that little thing just pops up, says Rohan's in the waiting room, let him in. Click over to Zoom to check, and there he is, just looking at me. And my eyes, I looked like, uh, at Pro Pro for this podcast, I looked like a deer in headlights. Oh my goodness. Um, and he just busts out laughing, so did I. So that is how we started the call. So maybe we'll, we'll be in an extra joyous mood for this. Well, I'll be extra embarrassed, but Rohan... We'll be in an extra good mood for this episode. I am in a good mood. I'm props to you, Ty. You did not have to tell the world this. I was not going to do it. No, I'm proud of you, man. I want to keep it real with the audience. I want them to know what we're really going through. Peel back the curtain a little bit. So um, that's that. Let's move on to today's episode. Uh, we don't have oh, much. Wait, bucks. don't move on. Don't move I'm on. I'm not yet. moving on all the way. 
Well, you have to tell them to subscribe wherever they're listening. That's Leave true. Like. If you're That's... on YouTube, make sure you subscribe everywhere you're listening to this. YouTube, check out gspn.info. Now we can move along, Todd. Now we can move along. gspn.info for all the links. And a new way to contact us, stay in touch with the Eurostep, is we have a, a text program now. You can text us. There, it's We're partnered with a very fun company called Pickup. And they're basically building out an infrastructure so you can communicate with us sort of via text. So that was the way we took the mailbag questions. This is a mailbag podcast. We don't have too much Bucks news. Serge's contract is official. That's really about it since last time. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that. There's some questions on Serge. But we, we shared this just on Twitter so far. So this is the first time you're hearing about it if you're just a devout listener slash watcher. But go ahead and text GSPN. Just the four letters, GSPN, to 31032. That's 31032. Text us, and then you can sign up for our text alerts. We're going to be doing more interactive stuff like taking mailbag questions and some other fun stuff as well. So sign up. Just pull out the phone quick, send a text, and then you will be in in touch with the Eurostep. It's a fun new way to be a part of the GSPN community. I'm excited to see how we... uh how we develop this as we go along here, but it's a, a first way just to just to interact is getting mailbag questions. And I thought I think it worked pretty well. I do, too. I do, too. A heads up for people going forward. If, if it is something like this where we're asking for a mailbag question or an I- input or whatever, something that we're going to read out, uh, you might want to sign it. If you want it to be attributed, you don't have to. But in the text, uh, I, we, we got some questions about this. We also shared it in our Discord. Link to get into the Discord is also found at gspn.info. And people said, you know, should like, do you know who's from who? No, we don't know all your phone numbers. We're not going to read your phone numbers on air. Um, so if, if you'd like it to be attributed to you, you can go ahead and sign it like some of our questions did. But you certainly don't have to. If you just want to send a question into the ether and have us answer it or whatever it is for the, the particular day, that's fine too. Yeah. Whatever you choose to do, I think that's the beauty of this platform. 100%. Should we? Is that everything? Should we move on to the mailbag and get to surge stuff as we get to a surge question? Yeah, let's channel our inner Adam McGee and Jordan Tresky. Let's do it. I'm excited. I love to imitate them and do the mailbag. Mailbags are fun. I, I, I know some people do a mailbag every week. Some people do a Substack mailbag every week. Something to think about. If you want more mailbags, let us know because we, we have a couple of months coming up here where we're probably going to need some help figuring probably out what to Probably going to do more mailbags. So probably going to do maybe, – maybe every day. We'll see. Um, but certainly, you know us. We're not going anywhere. We'll be here on your podcast feeds, YouTube feeds, social media, and now in your DMs and your text messages. Um, but we might need some help with content. We'll see. But let's get to it finally. Question number one, signed from Tommy E.B. from our guy, Teb. Asks, shout out, Tommy. Shout out, Tommy. He asks, in terms of Hill slash Grayson slash picks package, who is the worst player you would trade them for baseline? Who is the best player you think they could get? And what do you think realistically happens? Do you think, should we go in order here? or Because I, I do feel like my answer for number three is quicker. Yeah, let's just go in order. Okay. Uh, or let's start with the realistically first. Realistically, a Grayson Hill picks package is not going to be used. Because yeah. Grayson and Hill together, that's what, $12.5 million? Mm-hmm. If you're targeting a player who's making around $12.5 million, you're probably not going to need to throw in picks in there unless you're – like there's a bigger package at play because the list of guys who are eligible to be traded and uh, are making this amount of money is not 
like it's not insanely talented or anything. I don't think there's a trade in there where you would need to compensate with picks. Uh, it would just be because Grayson Allen, like he still has good value. He's still a deep. We'll get into it later in this mailbag. Uh, but uh, Grayson still has value as a player. And like George Hill is, he's expiring. So you can free up cap space through the other team. It's, I don't think a Grayson Hill picks package is ever going to happen. I think I'll get to worst player in a second. Um, Cause I, I don't know. I say no to a lot of the, a lot of the proposals I see out here in the world because I'm just not in like Terrence Ross is someone I think some people would say I would not do that, especially if picks are included. Um, I think there's an idea that Eric Gordon would be a good option. He would if he made 12 million and not 19 million, which means you're throwing in even more salary going super deep in the tax. It just, I I just don't know if it'll work. I mean, Eric Gordon would be helpful a, a bit. It really depends on, you know, how does Joe Ingles look halfway through the year? How does Marjan Bochamp look? If you even really need, quote unquote, an Eric Gordon, you're not going to trade all that for a guy who doesn't have a, a real firm role in the rotation. So I don't know who the worst is. The best player possible, I think somewhat realistic, probably would require some picks and would probably require a bit of a weird situation on the Bucks side. I still think it's Yak Podal. Ooh, I was thinking about that. You don't was, really need was, Hill, honestly. You could just do Grayson, but maybe yeah, you just want to throw in makes, Hill. He makes less than $10 million. Yeah, 9.3. He's expiring, so it would probably be a new contract coming. This is yeah, you, you would have to trade for him with the with the assumption that you're extending him. Similar, not, okay, maybe not one for one, but like Drew Holiday. You trade for yeah. him when he has one year left, assuming that you're going to extend him. Yeah, or, or re-sign him. But I, you'd have his bird rights. But, but either way, yeah, you would certainly assume he would be. This would be, you know, for the folks worried about the, the center plan post-Brook, this would be it. I mean, Pirtle is pretty young still, uh, 26 years old. So on that Giannis timeline, a seven-foot guy, good defender in the paint, not very stretchy, like way less so than even a Brook Lopez, but certainly a guy who can be a defensive anchor. Um, the hard thing with trades is like you kind of just have to go to all the teams that aren't trying to win. And it feels like we're at a place where there's not that many right now. Especially in the, who in the East is the Pacers? I guess is about Pacers, yeah, Pistons, Pacers. Magic. I'd say the Pistons are going to try. Yeah, I don't think they're just going to dump. You know, um, and the the thing with the Pacers is like all the guys make too much. Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, you're looking at eighteen plus million. Hill Grayson picks does not get you there. Now you know we'll see what happens with Ingles. Hill Grayson Ingles could get you there. I'm not even that enthused about Miles Turner, honestly, and I don't really see it happening if you're retaining Brooke Lopez. And as I've said on record for a while now, since he got healthy, just not really interested in trading Brooke Lopez for Miles Turner while the goal is to win this season. I, I'm in lockstep with you. Maybe maybe a guy you could throw in picks with uh, is long fabled target like Mo Bamba when he becomes straight yeah. eligible. Yeah, I mean, if the Magic were just like, we don't want to give him up for nothing in, in free agency, but we're still Which open to Which is why I him. think they signed him. Yeah. Same with Terrence Ross. Oh, here's a good one, actually. Or sorry, Gary Harris. Not Th- this might be worst and best for me because I just think the group to make a move is, is like the it's, – it's a pretty thin margin. Like my ceiling is pretty high for what I want to do this for. I think I would trade both for Pat Bev. Uh, no? I, I like Pat Bev. I like I Pat like Bev Pat too. Bev. That's a lot for Pat Bev. Is it though? Uh, I guess I you're higher. So. We'll get to Grayson more. There's a Grayson question in particular I'm excited to talk about. I trust Pat Bev in the second round and beyond in the playoffs more than I trust Grayson. Right or wrong, that's where I'm at right now. 
And I'm not out, I don't I'm know not, if I'm there. I'm not as out on Grayson as I was during and right after the Celtics series. But even with some time to process and think, I still trust Pat Bev to at least not blow up the team when he's out there like Grayson did in some of those games. Blow up the team is strong. I don't know. It wasn't that bad. He we'll was, talk about it. We'll he was pretty cooked. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Another another potential target, a team that has a bunch. I love how we're just targeting centers, by the way. Yeah. Uh, another team that has a lot of centers now after a recent trade. Maybe you can get Dwight Powell from the Mavs or Maxi. Would I want to? Would I want to get another big guy and trade two perimeter players for him? That's the same issue with exactly, the Purdle yeah. deal. Yeah, it's, it's the same just like it really imbalances your roster. Yeah, it's just a tough. It's a tough thing with I, just Grayson and Hill. I, I think it's more likely that they either just trade Hill or don't trade either of them. Yeah, unless or, or there's more players included. Yeah, unless there's someone we just didn't expect to be like they're not going to go get Malik, Malik Beasley. He's not the kind of no, player the Bucks would no target. Th- Exactly. Um, and, I, yeah, there's really not that many. Like, the Trailblazers want to compete, Lakers. It's like Spurs, Jazz, maybe Thunder Rockets, but there's just not a lot there. Yeah, there's not a ton there, especially with Jermichael Green uh, yeah. getting bought out. Like, like do, you, do you want Derek Favors? I don't want Derek Favors. I'm not I'll giving pass. up Grayson Allen to get him, that's for sure. Yeah. So it's just that package that Tommy laid out is a little – it's a little tough to make trades. So really, yeah. we, I think we're both saying no, it probably doesn't happen. I, and honestly, I think – I don't know if there will be a better question at all. I'll, I'll save a thought for like two questions from now. Actually, okay. we can kind of put these together. We got two in a row. How many players on the Bucks' current roster finish the season as Bucks, assuming everyone stays healthy? And then who is most likely to be traded of Hill, Allen, and Ibaka? So I want to tackle the second one first. I don't see a universe where Surge gets traded. It's just usually not that useful to trade a minimum salary player. You know what's funny on the on the trade NBA or what's yeah. in Fanspo now? Yeah, they ha- they have a typo and Surge is listed at twelve point six million <laughs> Could instead you of two point six. So it, just keep that in mind. If they that sign him for twelve point six million, it's very likely he gets traded. Yes. Uh, because that is the only reason you – I don't think they could. I think with the his bird rights, it would have to be longer years. But the only reason you'd sign him to that is if you want to trade him later, pretty pretty obviously. Um, that is I, – I just noticed that too. That's hilarious. Um, I just – I don't see a vet men guy getting traded unless it's just a straight-up dump to open a spot maybe. Yeah. And it's a, you just cut him at that point. Well, saves you tax if you include a That's little pick. True. and So maybe it is Surge. I don't know. I'd still, I'd still probably say George Hill. What if Hill is okay this year? There's a, there's a universe in which that's a, that's a, that's a thing. That's reality. Yeah. Is it this one that remains to be seen? Yeah, probably not, but maybe. Yeah, there's always a chance. But I would probably say Hill. I'd say Grayson is the least likely of those three. Yeah, I would agree. Well, he's the most likely if they want to make a big swing. He's the least likely if they're very happy with their roster. And I think if everyone is pretty healthy, he's the least likely. Yes, agreed. My thing with Hill, it's kind of funny. Like we want, we as Bucks fans, it feels like once, like more wings, more options to, you know, make sure we're deep enough for a playoff run. And... Keeping Hill and seeing if he's good is kind of the same logic versus like dumping him just to pave the way for Javon Carter. Like you are deeper and more insulated if Hill is around still versus just dumping him to open up a spot and 
clear rotational minutes. I know the problem therein is like, okay, what if he's playing when he shouldn't play, which is a more complicated situation. But it is kind of interesting how we look at like, oh yeah, we need another, we need Terrence Ross. When you look at the rotation, there's like, there's no way they should be playing Terrence Ross. Oh, it's good to have depth. Well, is it good to have depth at point guard too? Like it probably is, but I know Bud playing him too much is the real issue there. Yeah, it's more like, you can't have the option of playing George Hill <laughs> um, versus a guy like Javon Carter. Yeah. Assuming everyone's healthy. Yeah. Which uh, I like that universe a lot. Me too. We should we should aim for that. Just yeah. overall, not just Bucks. Yeah. Not just NBA players. All humans. Well, most exactly, humans. Yeah. Most humans. Exactly. We can make some exceptions. Um, how many players on the current roster finish the season as Bucks? Um, out of 17. Are they at 17 now? Well, I mean, that's how many you can have, 15 and 2-2 two, two is. Yeah, but they're at 16 because war is, war is not signed. Yeah. I will say, if it's just a number, I'll say 14 of the 16. Yeah, I'll probably say, I'll say 13. So I, I think, uh, even Eric Name noted this, Lindell in the AJ Green spot just makes too much sense, and that would be one right there. So I'm doing one there and then accounting for one roster spot fluctuation. Okay, that's fair. I feel like most I think we we agree that most of the players are going to remain on the on the team. As they should. This is yeah, this is a team that like this offseason they brought everyone back except for Jordan Warren. We'll see what happens. Yeah, maybe they literally brought everyone back. If they bring Lindell, wait, if they bring Lind no, not Ray John. Yeah. Not Ray John and, and Vildoza. Those two. But if they bring back Wara and if I mean, they're Lindell still, they're still technically spot, on training camp deals. That's true. I mean, they're, they'll be on the roster until the first day of the regular season or earlier, and then they won't. But in this moment, they have brought everyone back except for yeah. Jordan Wara. Who is like as around the Bucks as possible. Yes. He's as on the team as you can be without actually being a member of the team as possible. I, I'm um, going to talk about Wara a little later. There's a different question not about Wara, but I think we can relate to him. And we can get deeper into what's going on there. Yeah. But my point is, they brought everyone back. Yeah. They're, this is a team that just wants to, they believe in themselves. Like the players believe in themselves. The front office believes in the team. They're going to they're gonna see it through. And they should. Yeah. They're Again, a title contending team. We're we're in it in the fourth quarter of that game six against the team that went to the finals from the east without Chris. Like they they should feel damn good about this team. Next uh-huh. question. It's a great uh-huh. one. Is am Rohan I, yeah. Oh, you, you want, you want yeah, you want to read it? You want me to read it? It's am I planning to be on the next bachelor on ABC? It's a good question. It's not a good question. <laughs> it's not a good question. Because realistically. You have to assume the answer is no, because it is. I shouldn't have to say that out loud. The answer is no. How on earth would I be chosen as The Bachelor? That's not, like, what? Why? So it doesn't, it doesn't say you're going to be chosen. The question is just, you know, are you preparing? Like, are you ready? No. You, know, you, you have to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. What if, what if they needed a Bachelor at the last minute? You're not ready. You're not prepared. You're not planning. I don't know. Doesn't look good on you. That's fine. I would never. <laughs> I would. Ne- let's say. Would you say no? Yes. No shot. You're saying yes. Think of the content. Oh yeah, I was good. Okay, depends on what the contract is and how much they're going to let us make content. Well, just imagine you like you're taking them on dates and you're just grilling them. Like, what was 
what was Jordan's take on the last pod about Grayson Allen? And if they don't know, you're like, no. Like, strictly, your only parameters are how big of a GSPN fan they are. I think that would be fire. They would they okay. would probably if, pull if it off allowed, air, but... If they allowed me to do stuff like that, then absolutely I would. You'd have Any to lie to the producers no. for sure. You'd have to you'd have to totally freelance once you got there. It would be it would yeah. be a great heist. It could be a heist movie after too. Ooh, I do like myself a heist movie. Not, see, I'm selling you on it. This is a huge you opportunity are. for you. You're gonna have to be the bachelor. I'm sorry. This is all for naught, though. It's a moot <laughs> point. I, there's no universe in which I am going to be on The Bachelor. I'm planning to be on by next year at the latest. So that, uh, no one asked me, no. but no. It's, okay. <laughs> no, it's, I'm not eligible uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, next question. If all the Bucks players were in the Olympics, summer or winter, for a sport other than basketball, what would they compete in? We, we're not going to do the whole team. I have one good one. Maybe we can do a couple each. I'm, I was trying to think of sports that would translate. Um, I've got a really good one. Is it? It might be soccer. No. Well, I didn't. Well, volleyball. Thanasis at Thanasis at soccer. They grew up playing soccer. Giannis yeah. with Thanasis. Probably Thanasis more. He's the older one. Maybe. I don't know. Volleyball is a good one. Volleyball, water polo. Think of a Brooke Lopez, Serge Ibaka volleyball double. It's like. I don't think they win, but I think they're super fun to watch. Oh, yeah, 100%. So is Serge playing with like a Speedo and Scarf? Oh, yeah. That's a fire one-two combo. Yeah, he, he loves showing off on Instagram. <laughs> Serge, Serge loves – Serge, find someone who loves you as much as Serge Ibaka loves himself. And I don't uh, and blame I mean, him. Serge I mean Ibaka that in the rules. best way possible. Yeah. It's, a, it's a compliment. Uh, yeah, maybe volleyball. Water polo. Water polo is a very, very intense sport. Yeah. I mean, but these are maybe like packs. You know, he can take the hits. Yeah, but it's all about endurance. True. I think. Um, I think. I think. Believe baseball is an Olympic sport, or at least was. So, really? pet baseball would obviously be one. Maybe they took it out. They change them every so often. Do you know painting or something used to be in the Olympics? There's like a oh, dude. No, uh, shooting is in there. George Hill shooting makes a ton of sense. Oh, true. George true. Hill is lighting up those targets, dude. I know, yeah, but here's there's, my. There used to be art competitions. That's weird. Up until up until the 1950s. Here's my best one. Javon Carter steeplechase. The way mm-hmm. he moves around screens and navigates, like, and he's not too okay. tall. Like some, like some NBA players are too tall to be really good at other sports. I think Javon Carter dominates steeplechase. Give him a month. I think he would. Javon Carter is an an all-world steeplechase. I don't know what the the noun is, but he's a steeplechase. That's a good call. That is a very good call. And not the horseback one, to be clear. Don't know (laughs) if he rides horses, but I I mean the one on foot. Javon, tell us if you ride horses. Yeah, next next appearance we'll ask him which steeplechase he thinks he'd be better at. Um, There's a 3,000-meter one. You're just jumping over stuff. You're jumping into puddles. I think he'd be elite. That would that'd be very entertaining. Yeah, for sure. I wish like maybe if handball was an Olympic sport, but it's not. I thought it was. No, no. Because I, th- I remember the handball coach said LeBron would be best in the world. Yeah. Would Drew be is the hand- best? Drew in dodgeball. I don't think it is, but imagine Drew playing dodgeball. Well, handball is in the Olympics. Yeah, I think Drew. Drew has amazing hands and is pretty lith. Is it lithe? Lith? You know what the word is? It's like. <laughs> It's hard to describe. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Um, 
Yeah. But they, like the, we have to remember, these are like world-class athletes. Yes. And the Olympics is a showcase for world-class athletes. I think the Gnosis could probably do a couple. Oh, yeah. The Gnosis, the Gnosis is a pure athlete. And he's, again, he's not too tall. Giannis may almost be too tall for some events. Not volleyball, but some yeah, other that's what I'm saying volleyball. Like volleyball give, would give be like, good for a lot of guys. Give a Javon Giannis volleyball fandom where you just have Giannis sitting at net. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty good. I think Chris Giannis would be just fun for the the vibes too. Oh, for sure, yeah, for be sure. Good. But I think Chris Chris is a little too tall. Yeah. I, I picked Javon because he's smaller and can move around. Is that libero? Is that what that position is? Sure. I don't know. I don't know either, so I'm going to agree with you. It's probably dead wrong, though. We'll go down together. Yeah. Uh, Next question, also on the whimsical side. Which Milwaukee brewer would have the best chance at making the Bucks roster? First and foremost, make sure you're listening to Cruising for a Bruising. Yeah. Has its own feed. Part of GSPN. Like, they're tackling all things baseball. It's Adam McGee. Everyone here knows him. And Andrew Snyder, who you all should get to know if you don't already. Uh, make sure you check that out. They're handling the one sport that is in season right now, and that's baseball. Yeah. So make sure you check that out. And well, WNBA is too, but sadly, there's no team in Wisconsin. The one sport so, that we, yeah, yeah. So let's let's get let's get on that WNBA. Oh, for sure, I would love a WNBA team in Milwaukee. Are you kidding me? That'd be fire. I, everyone's all for it, so of course they won't do it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, which Brewer would have the best chance at making the Bucks roster? Truly, it would have, have to like, be a pitcher, right? Why do you think a pitcher? Because they're usually taller. Well, I feel like athleticism is a big deal too. How so tall is Hunter Renfro? A tall outfielder? Let's see here. He is – you know you're talking baseball when they don't list height. I know. I, I'm used to just Googling and it coming up. He's 6'1". It's a little small. Yeah. He's taller than football, Hunter Renfro. Oh yeah, I've always forget there's two Hunter Renfro's. It's uh, let's go Rowdy. Why not? Okay, um, not sure. I, thought, I mean, Andrew's on a, board. That was a joke. Oh, <laughs> I I didn't know. Let me look at um, here. Active Brewers roster. Let's see. I cannot sort by height. Corbin is six three. That's what I'm saying. Pitcher. Yeah, maybe Corbin just has like I could see like I don't know if pitching translates to a jumper, but maybe I guess it did for Pat. Hater also 6'3". Yeah, you're right on the pitchers. Connor Sadzik. just seems like an athlete. Connor Sadzik is 6'7". No idea who Ooh. that is, but he's tall. That is tall. Oh, Rowdy's 6'4". Yeah, but the, the, the bounce <laughs> is, a, is a little missing. He gets up there for some balls over first sometimes. It's Rowdy, but he has to basically somehow be like a little Draymond. He's rowdy, but he needs to play for the Miami Heat so he gets a <laughs> Yelly is 6'3". Yeah, but I don't know if he has the movement. Yeah, I don't either. That's right. How tall is uh, Willie? Six foot. I feel like he's like the probably the best pure athlete on the team. Maybe, yeah. Him or maybe Brasso. Brasso's 5'10", though. It's tough that, like... I, oh, they're not listing Tyrone Taylor because he's on. I thought he might be tall, but I'm not sure now. Like Jonathan so, Davis is a little too short. I know. I was oh, like the athletic outfielders are just a little bit too short. Tyrone Taylor height six foot. He okay, makes some good plays bad. in center. That that might be. Maybe Tyrone Taylor. I think the safe answer is oh, it's it has the best chance. I was gonna say none of them. 
Yeah, they yeah, not none of them have a shot. <laughs> none of them are in the same ballpark as Pat, for sure. No, no. And the here, let's let let me ask a question. Which oh, it's an easy answer. I was gonna say which buck has the best chance of making the Brewers roster. I was like, it's Pat. <laughs> which non-Pat one is a fair question? Giannis, because he owns the team. Oh. Okay, you were ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Caratini is 6-1, but as a catcher, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure. Imagine him trying to defend a fast break. Oh, God. Um... Oh, what's his name? Johnny Estrada. Let's get Johnny Estrada. You remember him? I'll never forget there was a call. He hit what was going to be like either a triple or an in-the-park homer. And I think it was Brian Anderson. Unhook the trailer, Johnny. It might have been rock. Now that I think it, that sounds like a rock thing to say. But, oh, man, it's great to watch catchers have to sprint. Uh, At least the non-athletic catchers. But not saying Caratini is, by the way. Yeah. Oh, well, that was a fun exercise. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Next question. Would you prefer the Bucks keep their current colors in their rotation, or would you rather phase some out and possibly bring back red and purple into the fold? So, well, according to some jersey leaks, yeah, uh, we are getting purple this year. We're also getting a blue jersey and a black one. Here's my take. This is going to be controversial. You can keep bring back red as an accent, not a main color, as an accent color. Get rid of blue, unless they're going to do cream cities, which they don't do anymore. I don't need purple. I don't need it to be. I don't need purple to be a color they incorporate into everything. 
I like a purple alt jersey, though. For sure. I, I agree with that. Like, red is better as an accent. If you had to have a color to bring back in terms of incorporating it, it would probably be red because red matches more with other things. However, purple, like a purple alt jersey would be ideal. And it looks like we are getting one, allegedly. Yeah, the leak seems a little plain. Um, but as always with jerseys, my new my new thing starting like last year, I need to see players moving in them before I can judge. Because a lot of the time you see them flat or even on the mannequin and they just don't pop. But then on the court, they look better. So I'll need to see them wear the purple jerseys, at least at least like in a promotional appearance. Um, but th- I think they're fine. and It's good. They shouldn't abandon purple. The fan base clearly loves it. They should do the deer head jerseys. Purple's my favorite color. They should do the deer head jerseys. We have not seen since the Brandon Jennings era. Like, those would sell like crazy. Like, pretty much every rotation player. Like, there's a lot of people who would be like, oh, hell yeah. Like, the Bobby Purple Deerhead? Oh, sold out oh ASAP. Not to mention Giannis, Chris, Drew, Brooke, etc. Pat. Hey, with how much uh, how much this team's gonna be paying in luxury tax this season, they yeah. might do it. <laughs> they should do it. Make some money back. I, I, I don't hate it. Listen, yeah, if I'm your fine, strategy, I'm fine with that. Roll out a ton of great merch. The Bobby Portis method. Roll out a ton of great merch to make up what you're losing. We'll help out a little bit. We'll yeah. help out Bobby more, but we'll, we'll buy good, really good buck stuff. Yeah, make good stuff so you people want to spend money. Yeah. So then you can help the team by spending money. It's a perfect system. Speaking of great merch, gspnstore.com. Yes, sir. I just I just copped. Oh, I, you know what? I'll save it. But there's going to be an addition to my backdrop here Ooh. next week or two. Okay, excited. But I don't. I, I like. I really think Cream City is good. I, I get the the blue jerseys they do are not bad. Uh, I'll say that. I don't think like this last one was pretty fine. The first one I did not think was as good. I thought Cream City was elite with the blue as an accent. I just think it's too crowded with blue in the fold and red with the historical ties deserves to be there more. Uh, and I know people are scarred from the mid-2010s and earlier red that they did. That was really, really bad. But the historic red, the Irish rainbow and everything, uh, it seems like we're just gone from that now. And I get it, but I would prefer red to blue. And I just think a, a solid blue Bucks jersey to me just doesn't feel like a Bucks jersey. And I know they're trying to make it feel like one. It just feels like so out of left field to me. You have to you have to do it right in terms of you have to make it completely separate. Like you have to have a separate court for it. You yeah. Have to like go the whole nine yards. You can't go. You can't do it halfway. Yeah. I will but say I, I do like the idea of blue. Plus, also uh, to address the question, keep their current colors. The current color scheme is incredible. Yeah. The the cream and green, like it's it's still one of the best in the league. There's rebrands all the not all the time, but most of the rebrands. Like, look that at what happen, Utah did. Doesn't even count as a, a, a. It's like they're trying to sell less tickets for next season. I don't know why they would do that, especially because they're already going to have problems with the on the court product. But that, those are bad. I think like the Cavs recent one, I think is fine. I saw a lot of people are really down on it. They say they look like summer league jerseys. They're just they're way too minimalist. Yeah, I think they're okay. I think they're fine overall. Again, I need to see yeah. them before I can have a final. But the Bucks, the Bucks main home and roads or icon and whatever association. Elite jerseys, like really, really strong. And the black one with cream trim with the antlers that has been leaked. That one's going to be elite. Gorgeous. With the, the, antler, the antler side marks they do are really good. And it wouldn't surprise me if like next year after this coming year, they work those into more jerseys and maybe do a whole different alt. Because those could fit on like the, the normal ones and just make them even better. I'd, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just make those 
the whatever the green ones are, the green ones are the road jerseys, whatever they're called. Yeah. Uh, just make that the road jersey. Yeah. Just With have like green and the cream antlers. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had that. That was their statement edition or whatever yeah. it was last year. Just make that your road jersey and you're solid. Yeah. I, I think in that, general. That is such a good jersey. It's it's elite. And I do worry, you know, I think they, they probably went away from Cream City fast because – and they'll probably go away from this one fast too now that it's been two years because they did the antlers on the side before. The tough thing about the new terrible Nike uniform policy is you need to do a new one. There has to be some change every year. And it feels like the Bucks are trying to avoid the heat, what happened there, when they had the coolest ever like uh, alt jerseys and they just ran them into the ground because they had to do a new version every year. And it's just not – you just can't do that while doing the same look every year. Yeah, for sure. You just – you have to incorporate it into your base set, which yeah. I think they hopefully will do. Yeah. But like just overall, the current jerseys are amazing. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's very aesthetically pleasing to watch. I think overall they've done a very good job, even if I'm not all the way on board with the blue. And I'm really intrigued to see the final look at the purple, which probably won't be till during the season. It seems like I, there was there were some reports today that we're going to get a jersey announcement in a few days. It'll probably be the black one. Yeah, I feel I like usually the special because that's like their main alt. I think I think so a lot of the times they don't reveal the special, the final until during the season. But I could be wrong. I just want to we'll see, see. I want to see every detail on the purple one because that's obviously going to be one that a lot of people look to buy. I, I got to make real sure first. Yeah. All right, I, I like when we get to I like when we get to the stylistic stuff, but we'll, we'll get back to basketball. Well, actually, not not quite yet. We have two two sub questions. We have a three pack of questions. Is next up number one? Does this subscription include late night Rohan tweet alerts? Maybe. Oh. <laughs> it does not <laughs> we'll see we'll see uh you know what we can do and and what the demand is not right now i'm not gonna slam the no. door i'll close that door well open the door you read the next question i'm opening the door to this one for sure can we get a jingle bells rendition for joe ingles debut i'll i'll, I'll do edit with you sure why not let's do it i, I like yeah, that it might be imagine it's on christmas Dante was going to be, remember? Yeah. Oh no, true. was he was he going to be before and then was on? No, he was going to be on, right? Something maybe, like that. Maybe right before. I don't remember. I know it got pushed back because of COVID. But yeah, I'm down to sing jingle bells for Joe Jingles. Yeah. We'll see when that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're gonna be rage singing it. Jingle bells. This was stupid. Jingle <laughs> bells. Um, the remix. Uh, third question, as I promised, back, we're back to basketball. Do you think Mamu can actually become a rotation piece in the next two years, or is he just a decent player for being the 54th pick in the draft? That's a good question. I do think there is a wide split in takes on Mamu at this point, which is understandable. A player who looked so good in the G League and in Summer League. First team all Summer League. First team all Summer League, despite a horrible last game who has just not played in the NBA very much or looked great when he was there. The, f- the second part is easier. He's a very good result for 54, I think, like really above what you would expect. And, you know, they're certainly not like the best pick in the 50s in the last 10 years. But, you know, generally it's hard to get anything there. And the fact that Mamu is like in first team all summer league with a lot of guys who were like first rounders over the last two years – He's a very good result at that pick, at the very least. And he's shown yeah, for sure. It's he's a good, a good player. 
Yeah, he has intrigue. There are like expectations for him as a player starting to build, which you don't get with such a late pick. So it's it's credit credit to the Bucks and Mamu. So for the first part of the question, I just worry. I don't know how it would be in Milwaukee. It's not. It's yeah. that's the problem with Mamu. He has no shot of getting an actual rotation spot with the Bucks unless the he can play the three, so which I just don't think he'll be able to do. He's not. He can't. He can't defend fours. He can't defend fives. He's not going to defend threes. I don't. I think he could defend some fours. No, okay, sure. Like Jamichael Green. Yes, <laughs> that kind of like the you know, stretchy fours, right? Like not yeah. like not like an I just offensive. Know the club, first but... player you thought of, Jamichael. Well, we talked about him like... earlier. Just yeah, like, you know did. your typical plug and play stretch four. Like he could probably Jeff defend Green. those guys. Yeah, Jeff Green. Jeff Green might be a little quick, but yeah, someone like that. Um, but yeah, I just like with the Bucks' current makeup, I just don't, you know, unless with the with the Bucks' current makeup and the way in which they play. Yeah, uh, when you have like a defensive anchor at the five next to Giannis there's no shot there really there's there's no chance especially when it's like you want to talk back up four who are you going to supplant Bobby yeah yeah no Chris slash Pat picking up some minutes there maybe Marjon maybe Ingles I don't know I think those guys probably slide in a little smaller but um I just don't see that the room which is unfortunate it honestly reminds me a lot of the Christian Wood situation I'm not going to say Mamu ends up, you know, getting that big contract and averaging like 20 or whatever, which Wood has done. But I, it does remind me of that. And there's going to be a lot of people who are upset. But like, I'm not trading Bobby Portis to open up minutes for Mamu, right? Like, it's it's just a tough situation. He's, he's not better than any anyone we talked about. No. Just and, now. And maybe, you know, do you hope maybe he can, can play a little bit of five? I don't know. I just don't see it. Like, I don't think he's a better emergency center option than Serge Ibaka. And if you look at Serge as he is the guy to step in and just play center when games Brook is out, or if you really need another center, I don't think Mamu can do that better. I just don't think that's what he does. Maybe you can argue he's better overall. I'm honestly not sure, but I, I just, it's a tough spot for him, but I think at the very least he's really up to his stock since being drafted. And it wouldn't surprise me if maybe after this season, he finds a bigger role elsewhere. For sure. I think he, he does have potential. I think he can be a good player, just not with the not with the Bucks, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, unless I mean, does does Giannis start playing more center? Does Bobby become more of a center? I would say no, probably to both. I think they'll play some front court minutes together where Giannis is more a center, but I think they'll be paired a lot with Bobby Portis. So, you know, if Bobby's out for a couple of weeks, maybe bring up Mamu and try to get a better look at him. But I just don't see a spot for him to step into despite how good he's looked. For sure. Like, he, he, he probably deserves a better role. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, I'm glad we got to talk about Mamu. Obviously, one of the big stories of the last month for the, the Bucks. And, actually, the next question was, what is Sandro's absolute ceiling in terms of contributions next year? Does he crack the playoff rotation? He definitely does not crack the playoff no. rotation. His absolute ceiling is, like, what surge is for Brooke. He is like that for Giannis Bobby. Like he steps in if one of those guys is out and they run some offense adjacent to him. You know, he plays a lot if the Bucks are punting a game. It's unfortunate. And I don't, it's not ragging on Mamu, but that's what I see for his role next year. Yeah, for sure. It's just hopefully just a break glass in case of emergency guy. Unless, yeah. they, unless he becomes a trade chip. 
Yeah, and I'll skip ahead a little bit. We also got a question. After his excellent summer league, does Mamu have any trade value? This asker, this texter says, I just can't see him fitting in with his team and getting minutes anytime soon. So we agree with this this asker for sure, this listener. Thank you for the questions, everyone, by the way. Maybe. Maybe he does. Maybe, potentially. I mean, I'm, sure, I'm sure teams are intrigued. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you are... Like, I don't know, OKC, is, is Mamu more interesting? I guess they have a lot you, of forwards If you throw now. in Mamu in a trade instead of a pick, does that, does yeah. that work? I mean, as long, I, think, I believe you can trade a two-way just into an open two-way slot. It doesn't count for any money in the trade because two-ways are, are just um, easy to negotiate that way. I'm not sure how it would work. I think you could probably convert and trade him too if you wanted him on, a, on an NBA deal. I'm not exactly sure again. I know that the Bucks, I believe, did that for someone else. Because guys don't like being waived on the two ways because you can get claimed as a two-way. They'd rather at least get claimed as an NBA player or be able to negotiate. So maybe they would convert him before they made a move. But, I mean, so here's what I, the question I, I hinted at earlier. I wanted to tie in Jordan Wara too. If Jordan Wara has some trade value, which apparently he does, according to John Horst in Eric Name's article where he talked to Horst, and they're talking trades – if Wara has trade value, I would think Mamu does too. I don't think it's very much, but I would think I think Mamu is, you know, at a place where he's still under Bucks control, where Wara only sort of is. And I think Mamu is not shown that much less than Wara comparatively over their careers so far. So I think both have a little bit, not very much, maybe you know, a good second round pick or so. Uh, but it'll be really interesting to see what, if anything, the Bucks do with Wara and Mamu besides just keep them around in some capacity. Yeah, could you could you turn them into picks, like turn them into assets? Maybe. Could you pair them with George Hill to bring back a, a good player on a lower salary? That's interesting. Could you get Devin Vassell? Hmm. Now that's interesting. Probably not, but maybe. Probably not. Maybe. Maybe. It's the Spurs. Maybe Pop wants to do a deal with uh, his good pal Bud, even though Pop's not technically the GM. But he might as well be. Yeah, it's not like Bud's the GM. But. Yeah. Okay, you want to ask the next one? I know uh, I hopped around a bit. I'm I'm all over the place. Okay, if you could see growth in any area for one player on this team next season, who slash what would that be? It's a really good question. It is a very good question. I'd say Grayson in terms of being able to handle more of an offensive load, like being more of a ball handler. I would almost say Grayson in terms of being able to play off ball more and still be effective if you're assuming the team is going to be healthy. Finding that balance, I guess we're both kind of right. Finding that balance is important because we've seen him do a little bit of both, but it seems like he struggles to find the balance of what he should do sometimes. Yeah. Just being um, able to straddle the line between role player and featured piece. And starter, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't pick Grayson. I think hmm, – I'm trying to think of exactly how I want to say it. I'm just assuming we can't, you know, go totally cheap and be like, oh, let's make Marjan a good three-point shooter because then he's a step – like he already is. Well, and I, I don't think you can factor in growth yet for him just because we haven't seen him at all outside of Summer League. So – uh, we'll, we'll leave Marjan aside because obviously you want to focus on such a young player for growth. I'm also going to put aside Giannis. Like, yeah, Giannis shooting better from free throw or from uh, mid-range or three would be good. That also feels too much of a gimme. I'm going to say Bobby Portis defending more, um, which I think he did. He did grow there. 
But I think even a little bit more or just being more of an all-around front court fitting with Giannis. So I think, you know, being able to defend wings a little bit more, kind of what we talked about with Mamu, like can he defend more fours, which I think probably yes. Uh, continuing to rebound well. Some of his best games were rebounding. And and play, being a good off-ball shooter, which that unfortunately faltered in the playoffs. But we did see defensive strides. So whatever it takes for him to fit best with Giannis is what I want to see from Bobby Portis this year. I have, a, I have another one. Okay. Drew Holiday and running oh. an offense. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. In terms of like, because he's not, he's not a traditional point guard. We've learned that by now. Yeah. And we've seen like two playoffs in a row. You can't rely upon him to be a stable offensive piece. If you could do that, this team's unstoppable. <laughs> Just finishing layups, honestly. I was looking at his rim efficiency. The other day, yeah, it was terrible yeah. last season. Let me see if I can pull it up right now. But just like his effective field goal percentage in the lane, like at the restricted area, uh, what was it? it yeah, was I would say all, all that paint 51%? stuff. All that paint stuff? Paint, paint, all oh. that paint <laughs> stuff. Like, you know, the middies are great too and obviously has a good step back at times. But whether it's like floaters or actually layups at the rim, like he's able to get there. Like he's strong enough and skilled enough. It's just literally then getting the ball into the basket that comes and goes for him. So I think that also – like his, Drew will like pile up assists, but he'll have so many ugly plays too. Um, so that, that's a good one as well. I like that. I mean Chris with a dribble, more of a dribble is nice. I love that we had no notes for Pat. Pat is maxed out what we expect from Pat at this point. Pat's amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, fun wait. question. This next one, I'll ask wait, this. Wait, wait, this okay. is right up the, your I got alley. the numbers. I got the numbers for Drew. Okay. This is via positive residual. So in the restricted area, uh, Drew Holiday shot 63%, uh, fifth, like true shooting percentage, 51% true shooting in the paint. Mm. Uh, league average for the restricted area, by the way, is 69%. Yeah. Uh, and even among guards, that's very bad. Like he's just negative, negative finishing. Which is amazing because his pull-up three was actually pretty darn good. Yeah, like, in the regular season about, like, at least. Above the break threes, like this is – no, I, this is total. Oh, like, okay. saying regular season. 61% true shooting on above the break threes for Drew Holiday last season. League average of 53%. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He, he really had a nice mid-range, like if he's on like either baseline. But just anywhere like near the paint, it's just like you got it. You got to improve there. Yeah, and I know there was talk, I think Marcus said on the broadcast at one point last season, like he's working on finishing with both hands. Hopefully he continues to work on that because a big stride there would really make him, you know, really help the whole team and Drew himself going forward. For sure. Uh, you're going to like this one, I think. Are we sure? Are we absolutely sure that Grayson Allen is as good as he's going to be? I honestly do not think so. The kid's a gamer but had a tough series. I don't think his arrow is pointed anywhere but up. I agree. I agree. I don't think we've seen the best from Grayson Allen, like, just in general yet. Like, he's still a young – how old How old is Grayson Allen? It's like 24, 25. No, he's 26 or 27, I think. He is 26. Yeah. He, he was old when he came out, and he's been around for a few years now. But like we're st- we still have there's still room to grow. Like he's not even in his physical prime yet as a yeah. player. Like, can he get better? Absolutely. Is he going to get more comfortable in year two of a system? Absolutely. 
I think I think he's just, I think today like this season is going to be a proven season for Grayson Allen. Definitely. And I think he's going to he's going to I think he's going to rise to the occasion. It's going to be a prove it however many months until February. I think that I I don't think they'll trade him. They they're not going to trade him right now cuz they feel like they have to, but I certainly think he's one of the first guys you look at on the roster if you're getting close to the trade deadline and looking for players you you're not going to feel terrible about losing and salary pieces. So I think it, it is going to be a big few months for him. Um I don't know if he's pointed anywhere, but I mean, certainly from the last time we saw him, I think his his arc is pointed up. Um, I'm so torn on Grayson because I think he does a few things so well, but just not very consistent consistently. And those kind of players are a little bit maddening. Um, but I, I do think I've come around a bit. I, I like the way he's played. I also like that the Bucks are kind of hedging the bet there with Marjan and Ingles. So if he is really struggling again in a playoff matchup hopefully at least there will be some more options obviously neither also, of those I also guys think con- context also matters because that boston team is one of the best defenses we've ever seen yeah and they're good physical like offensive players as well exactly like you just you go back around this is still the postseason and he's dominating the bulls like that that is postseason basketball it is it, may, it, it didn't feel like it <laughs> It is, though. It was. It was was. postseason basketball, and he was thriving when Chris Middleton got hurt. I I still think it goes back to— Like, take take Jimmy. This this happened to Jimmy Butler. Like, if he's not being defended by Giannis or Wes Matthews, he looks really good. He looks amazing. He'll lead a team to the finals. If he is, it's a problem. (laughs) Like he looks like a shell. That's how Bryn Forbes manages to outscore someone in the play- like outscore Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. My, my context matters. It does. My issue with that though is like he didn't. Grayson doesn't look as good with Chris there early, and then I think it's because he's more trying to figure out that off ball versus some playmaking balance. And then Chris goes out against a team that couldn't defend because Lonzo was out, and he looks great. And then he's trying to figure out that balance again and not doing less playmaking as the series goes on. Because, of course, Drew and Giannis and a little bit of Bobby are going to have the ball. And then he just loses so much utility. So I still think for him, it's like, how can I playmake a little bit and maybe playmake as a secondary creator more and move off ball more and just get more involved? I think it's a little bit on the Bucks and a little bit on him still. And I know I've said this like a thousand times. But it is just concerning to me the way that he'll just float in and out when there are games and situations where you can clearly see, like, yeah, if there's some plus skills here. And then it just feels like they're gone for too long. He's a, a maddening player in some aspects. For sure. And I'm sure we're going to talk about him a lot until this next season. Yeah. And this next question, even. Who starts the season at the two and who ends the season at the two uh, that's the first one. We can do that first, then circle back. These questions both from Clayton. Shout out, Clayton. I yeah. think I think we see Grayson start. Probably. It kind of depends to me if Chris is there right away. I think he starts regardless. I think it's him or Wes if Chris is healthy. I think if Chris is not healthy, it's maybe both of them, or as we discussed in a recent pod, maybe even Grayson and Marjan. But I think if Chris doesn't start, you kind of have to start Grayson for the extra offensive lift. If Chris does start, I mean, clearly they went away from Grayson last year. It's almost like a toss-up to me, which I would expect to start if Chris is there for game one. 
Yeah, I'd say I'd say probably uh, as Clayton says, uh, he says I prefer the idea of starting Grace and most of the season and West towards the end, which is what they did last year. I think that probably happens again. Depending, it probably does, depending on what happens during the season. Yeah, it does make sense though. I mean, obviously. So many less miles on Grayson, so much younger. You know, let him start, let him play more minutes, kind of keep West fresh. I think that probably makes the most sense anyway. Yeah. And then when it's time to go and actually play games that matter, yeah. like go all in on defense. Maybe you get more flexible. I wouldn't hate. I mean, it's just I don't know if I don't know if West is gonna start anymore. Like again, we'll see how he looks this year. He looked great to end last season. It's just another year older for him. I trust him to look good. I do wonder, has Pat worked himself and will he continue to work himself into that? Does Pat start when you're serious about winning games at the two and you just go Drew, Pat, Chris, Giannis, Brooke? I think that's interesting. Yeah. We obviously saw some Bobby starting as well during last season, but mostly when Brooke was out, I wouldn't expect them to go huge to start. But who knows? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see indeed. But my guess would be if everything goes according to plan, Grayson starts, then West takes that near the end of the season. I'm not going to write Pat out of it yet, even though they haven't loved to start him. Uh, in I think that they'll spot. do that in the playoffs. Well, yeah, like by the time games really matter, it would be fascinating. Like late, late in the series. I, I don't know if they would make a shift late in the series. Maybe. I think they would. They were more proactive with Wes. Starting that was regular season. No, no, it's just it was such injury a he's too. such a plug and play piece though. Like you yeah. don't need to you don't need to get used to it or anything. It's true. Like every everyone everyone in this organization like that matters in terms like they know how Pat yeah. plays. They know how to play with Pat. Pat knows how to play with them. It's, I thought you were gonna say Pat knows how to play with Pat, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't think they need to be proactive about that because that's not something they need to get used to. That chemistry has been there, and it yeah. will be there. Fair. Um, all right, so next one is – actually, real quick, I would like to see more of Drew, Pat, Chris, Bobby, Giannis this coming season as a lineup, not starting. I think that, that to me, maybe – we'll see how Marjan comes along. Right now, that's probably their highest two-way potential lineup. That, darn good. that group is – that's the future. I mean, that's the guys they locked down. That's the future right there. Um, yeah. Second part of Clayton's question, how many games should Brooke play? He notes feels like 65 to 70 to keep him fresh. I'd probably agree with that. I think more than 65 if he feels good. I, I think 70 to 72. Ten games off is more than once a month. It's a lot for Brooke Lopez too. Yeah, it's more – Second, I, second half of, of his last career year. has been – yeah, outside of last year, the second half of his career, he's been an Ironman. Yeah, I, I don't think he wants to sit out 17 games if he's not hurt. So, you know, I think maybe you talk him down to 70 to 72 pre any injuries that may pop up. But I certainly think we should see more rest games than he got prior to last season. You would certainly For hope sure. so. For sure. Like just just a trend of less games, which is why I think they bring back a guy like Serge Ibaka. Yeah, 100%. Like you're, you're being proactive in terms of – Brooke is probably going to play less games, probably going to play less minutes throughout the regular season. Can you have a guy who can be some sort of a facsimile of what he does? There's Serge Ibaka. Are you, are you, were you disappointed when they officially announced the signing? No. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, there was Horace kind of hinted because he couldn't say it, talk about it when he was first asked because it was before it was official. But Mamu could be an option for us as a big. And, you know, obviously there was the Papianis rumor. 
I, I think Serge is more equipped to play probably than either. I think Papianis maybe has more of a chance than Mamu to be a true center for this team. But I get going with the safer option you're more used to. And I think the big thing that people ignore is clearly fine with that role of not playing all the time, which is vital. And that's not something – I mean, Mamu would be fine with it because he's already there. But I don't think he plays true center. Why would Papianis want to go from starting on a great team or a very good team over there to barely playing? For you have to you have to find guys who are overqualified for their roles. Like Serge yeah. Ibaka, theoretically, is yeah. overqualified for this role, or who are at least like, or at least like you just have to find guys who don't have that much to prove at this point, and that's not easy to do with young. They just players. want to win. Yeah. Well, it's like it's not even fair. Like I'm not saying Papianis doesn't want to win if he doesn't want to come not play. I just think it's really hard to sell a proven-ish, at least overseas, 26, 27-year-old player. Like, hey, how about you come here and not play for Vetman? How does that sound? Like, no one wants to do that. It's true. They shouldn't want to do that. It doesn't, no. It's not, not good for them. Okay. You can have a successful career outside the NBA. Exactly. Just ask Marc Gasol. Have you seen what Marc Gasol has been doing? No. He, like, he founded a team. Oh, yes, I did. And then now after absolutely balling out last season, that team's in the ACB, like first division. Does he he play on it too? Yeah. Does Powell play on it too? No, I don't think Powell plays. Oh, see, that would be – to me, that would make the most sense for them. Imagine they're just like balling together. What just Just happened? Just dropped a water bottle. That's fine. Could have been worse. (laughs) While you look up if Powell is playing on this team. Next question. If the entire GSPN crew were to participate in a one-on-one basketball tourney, who's emerging victorious? The listener notes, my money is on Rohan. I, I do think you are the betting favorite. I think Jordan Tresky is the the dark horse favorite, like the second most. Yeah. I haven't touched a basketball in a while. I, I'm putting myself in the middle of the pack because I still play and mostly I mostly just shoot around like I do it as a workout, but I at least get shots up pretty regularly. I think that may give me the edge on Adam and Andrew. I don't know how often they are hooping. Could I, be wrong. I wouldn't say I, I don't think I should be the betting favorite. I think it should be I think it should be even it should be a pick em. Yeah, A five way pick em? Yeah. Okay. I guess it doesn't ask about odds. It's just who's emerging victorious. Jordan winning would not surprise me. No. It he was the size on us. It would not surprise anyone if Jordan had an immaculate, like, 11-foot jumper, right? No. Being one of those dudes. I almost, just I almost expect it. I would totally expect it. Basically just, like, going full Ursan on us. Yeah. He's getting his own tip-ins, finishing it up. Like, I, I like Jordan's odds on this. I don't I know how often it. he plays. I believe he I plays softball. I don't know if he hoops at all. He plays volleyball. Oh, he plays vo- – oh, I, that, I think that swings it in his favor. If he plays volleyball league, none of us play anything in a league. Do you play anything in a league? No, not currently. No, I don't either. Like that's that's like some similar movement stuff. If he has any sort of a jumper or maybe even not, like a volleyball player is going to be able to gobble some rebounds. Yeah. Yeah, Plus, I like Jordan's he's, chances. He's the tallest one too. Yeah, he's 6'10". 6'10", yeah, just around. <laughs> Two inches taller than you. Yeah, and I'm an inch taller than you. Exactly, exactly. It's great being six seven. I tell you, um. <laughs> we should we have to make that happen at some point. You know what we should do? We should do the herd open tryouts for. Kyle oh Dunn. God, 
I've seen media do it, but the guys I saw do it for a TV station, they actually were decent. What are you saying? We're not decent? Yeah. I'm yeah, not at fair. least. I'm not at least. Maybe we can do like – maybe there's a pre-tryout we can do. The thing about the herd tryout is you end up like doing drills and some like limited games with like some actually good players. It's a little intimidating. Is it? Yeah. I mean like, I, I haven't done do it, but I imagine. Get? Like the other guys trying to – like there's oh, some okay. good, like there's some players who end up making the NBA who filter into these tryouts. Yeah. Shout out to Ron Patton who I, I who was interviewed. Who's the guy? Jonathan Simmons. Remember yeah. Him? Yeah. Who yeah. finessed the Sixers? Spurs. Oh, Spurs. Yeah. But then the Sixers took on the deal. Yeah. 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 He was not great, but he did. He did make thirty million dollars the off a tryout. Yeah. Shout out to Jason. But yeah, yeah I, I forgot. I forgot about him until we talked about this. Easy to do. Sorry, Jonathan. If you're listening, sorry, Jonathan Simmons. Come on the pod, Jonathan Simmons. I guess. Roast our basketball <laughs> Okay, you sure you do deserve that opportunity. Uh, last question's an absolute banger. It's not. Why is Large Marge with Jays a great nickname, and why does Rohan hate it? So this was was this brought up in a playback? I think. Um, we did a pod recently together as well, but I think it was a playback first. Yeah, I think it was John who mentioned Large Marge as a nickname. It's it's not good at all. This was no, this was during the playback for the last summer league game. Yeah, it was. That's what it was. It's not good. So maybe this question's aimed at you because I think the question on its face is a farce. But why do you hate it? You just you're just gonna keep saying it's not good. Why large Marge? Where does the large come from? Well, it's large Marge is a, a movie character. Is it Pee Wee's Big Adventure? What? Yeah. What movie is this? Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh yeah, you just said that. <laughs> yeah, if you Google image search, it's not it's not very flattering for. Uh, oh God. For Marjon. Why do you want Why do you want this to be the nickname for Marjon? Well, because Marge, I think, is pretty much the beginning and end of. Nah, it's, do you do you think it's good? I think it's fun. Which one? No, it was the way it was posed was choosing between two nicknames: Large Marge and Bow Clamps. Don't like Bow Clamps at all. What? No, what? I, I think it's corny. Then Large Marge? Yeah, because no, Large Marge is campy. Bow Clamps is corny. Large Marge does not take itself seriously. Does that mean it's better? It means it means I trust it more. I'll give you an example. If you've probably never seen this, if you haven't, our, our, our older listeners, I can't say our, our older listeners are going to perk up in a second. Their ears are going to perk up. The Adam West as Batman, that series, you should look up a clip on YouTube. It's great. The one of him trying to get rid of a bomb is the best. Oh, I've seen that. I've yeah, seen yeah, yeah. That. So that's camp. It's not very serious. That as it as on its face is it a better cinema production than Batman versus Superman? Of course not. Doesn't hold up at all. Looks terrible. It's very whatever. But it's way more enjoyable to watch than Batman versus Superman because it knows what it is. Whereas Batman versus Superman is like 
very tryhardy. That's how all Batman sound now for some reason. And it's just not a. I still story. hasn't seen the Batman. No, I haven't. I'll have to watch that. Maybe that one will hold up. But Batman versus Superman, I would say Adam West Batman is much better. It's campy. Batman versus Superman is corny, dumb movie. Doesn't make that much sense. Boat Clamps is not yeah. as bad as Batman versus Superman, but I think the 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 campy versus corny thing applies. But the the Clamps part fits because he's a good defender. I I know. I understand. I understand the nickname. I also part of me too. I think his name is so cool. I don't know if he needs a nickname. No, it is. It's an elite name. Yeah, I, like I, I just think calling him Lorenzo's an elite name. Bo Champ, like it, it's, he's got Champ in his Champ name. Is there. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you need. Maybe I want to be a buck. Just call him Champ. I'd like that yeah. better than either. Oh my god, the memes after next season after they win the title. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Marjan Bo Champion. Yeah. I like Bo Champion and just Champ better than either. Same. I don't think Large Marge is great. I think it's fun. I think it should be an alt nickname uh, if we have one at all. I'm also fine just calling him Marjan Bo Champ. It's a great name. Yeah. Or maybe the league is going to bring back those uh, nickname jerseys that they had oh, yeah. like a decade ago at this point. They do them in baseball. One of the few things baseball has done fun more recently than basketball. I know. They really need to bring those back. Imagine like a game, like actual game, you get a cash jersey. That would be pretty heat. Planet Pat. Oh, yeah. The Mayor. Yeah, Bobby or Bobby Buckets, either way. Yeah. Greek Freak. The Greek Freak 34 would go in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they or should do freak. that. Or just Freak. Or just Freak, yeah. They should bring those back. I'm they just should. I'm thinking about this too much now. Hundred percent. Bring the bulldog, Javon Carter. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yes. I'd frame that. What 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 should we go for, Drew? I don't know. The truth. The truth. Let's look, let's look at what's listed on Basketball Reference. Kung Fu Drew. Eh. I guess. Jay Holla. No, <laughs> absolutely not that. That's the first one. Jay Holla. Yeah, and then the truth. Yeah, the truth is, eh, it's fine. Again, I feel like Drew Holiday, just a dope name. Just put Drew on the it's, back. Yeah, it's a very good. What? We have to, we have to make that happen. That's all. I don't know how we, if anyone <laughs> listening to this can make that happen, make it happen. Yeah. Shout Adam out. Silver, I know you regularly listen to this. Kiki Vanderway, make the call. Yeah. Does she still work for the league? That's a great question. You might have done, you might have moved on. Uh, Mark Tatum, make the call. I know he does. Yeah, he definitely still works for that. Um, let's see. He is an advisor for the NBA. Okay, so Kiki, you could also make the all of you make the calls to each other, make it happen. Yeah, exactly. Nike, get involved too, because you have to make the jerseys. Exactly. Okay. I've got another question, Rohan. We've oh. got another question. No, this is a new segment. It's not new. Well, I, yes, yes. It's yeah. It's a new in this episode. New segment. Choose your fighter. As I tweeted, probably my worst engagement tweet. There was a typo, but probably my worst engagement tweet in like a year. No one cared about this tweet, but I think the segment is gonna bang. Choose your fighter back. We take turns presenting each other three options. We've done this on a few recent pods. We're certainly gonna pick it back up when we can remember to in the off season. I thought of this yesterday while doing the dishes. I was so excited. I had to tweet it, remind you, and add it to my calendar hold for this podcast to make sure I did not forget. Oh, boy. I'm excited. 
you are selecting a side dish for something you are eating. Let's say, I don't know. It's just a side dish. You have three options for your grain side dish. Or maybe it's your main dish as part of this meal. However you want to do it. You have three grain options. Orzo, risotto, or couscous? Couscous. Oh, that's simple? Really? Yeah. Oh. Wow. It is, thought, it's a tough choice, though. It I just I love choice. all of these things so much. They, it, it, like, you can't go wrong, realistically. No. I had risotto last night, and it was, like, unbelievable. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you get couscous right, I pearled, like pearled couscous, like the the circular. Because mm. I've had what's the other uh, quinoa? Sometimes I get them confused. Quinoa does not go in the same as couscous. No, no, it does not. It's, couscous is couscous is different. Good couscous does hit totally different. I am actually going to say orzo. Ooh, I think okay. a well executed orzo is because it's basically just pasta. I love pasta, like a nice buttery orzo, really elite. But I, I think as much as I like risotto, I think it's probably – maybe it's regarded the best out of these or at least the fanciest. It feels a little pretentious even to have risotto. I would put it third here. I would probably go orzo couscous risotto. I might go – I think I might go couscous risotto. I knew it. I think that's – again, you can't go wrong. This is a good one. I yeah, do thank agree. You. Well, I, I was hoping it would take you a little longer, but I, I do agree. Well, I've okay, had one, but yeah. also saying couscous is elite. Yeah. That's the deal break. Like that's the tiebreak. Oh, wait, what did you say first? Right before like that? Saying couscous. Oh, like literally saying, yeah, yeah, I agree. Couscous. It's so good. It's such a good, it's a top 10 word. Yeah, for sure. It's the, it's the tiebreak. Orzo is it, with like falafel. Oh yeah. That's fun to say. Falafel is really good. I say orzo is an above average food word, but it's not top tier. No. Not like no, couscous. It's, it's definitely, I'd say it's like B tier. Imagine a cat named Couscous. That probably exists. I might be just I might be making a, a reference, I don't remember, but that's a good cat name. It is. It's couscous. A cat why, walks why, in? Why a cat? I don't know. I just don't know if a dog named Couscous makes sense. I mean, names for pets don't make any sense anyway. I feel like dogs are more likely to have normal names and cats are going to like Mr. Snuffleupagus, my cat. You would react weirder if you met a dog named Mr. Snuffleupagus that's than a true. cat. That's true. That is fair. That or is Couscous. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. Best dog name I ever heard when I was a kid. One of my friend's neighbors. I want to make it clear we weren't friends. Sorry, John, if you're listening. He's got a sick Gengar tattoo now. His dog's name was D-O-G. What? Do you get it? Do you understand? No. D-O-G. Oh, D-O-G. I know. It took, it took me months. Someone had to explain it to oh. me. It's so good. D-O-G. It sounds Australian or something. It's just dog. It does. Yeah. I like it. That, yeah. is, a, that is a very good name. That's a good dog name. Yeah, it's all about the enunciation. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I had to put a little, little English on it there. It's a good one. Yeah. I, I'm glad I was worried you were going to right away get it and little kid me would have felt stupid all over again. <laughs> no. Little kid ties. He's, he's, he's perfect. Uh, yeah, not no, quite. That's, that's elite. Yeah. That is an elite name. Shout out Gengar Tattoo John. Yep. And probably, unfortunately, RIP DOG. Oh, man. It's been a long time. I mean. <laughs> you didn't have to say that. <laughs> well, I wanted to be respectful. Shout out to Yoji. Who knows? Could be setting records out here. 
I guess that's how we're ending this podcast. <laughs> well, we've got one more thing. Oh, we do have one more thing. We've got one more thing. I'm just going to pivot quickly to our latest review on Apple. Reminder that you can leave an Apple review and it, we'll, we'll try to find them and get them read. You can also send them to us to make sure you get it read. This also gets you entries to the Discord. And you can also review the pod wherever you listen to pods. You can drop in a review, the form to get into our Discord. Again, found at gspn.info. Um, but we're changing the game. You can review us anywhere, leave your review, and either a picture of you, or a screenshot of you subscribed to the Substack or your review or you subscribed on any podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen, uh, or YouTube, I guess. Uh, you can comment it on YouTube and then send us that, however you want to do it. We'll, we'll, we'll work with you and get you into the Discord. But today's review on Apple, five stars, of course, from It's Island Time in Australia, maybe Maybe he knows D.O.G. Maybe D.O.G. went home and found its roots as a maybe Australian dog. The headline of the review is premium bucks content, which is very nice of this person to say. The body of the review. As someone who travels for work a lot, I listen to a lot of bucks content. I listen to this podcast almost every day. And as a bucks fan, I can say it's one of the best out there. That is a very nice review. Thank that you, It's Island Time, for the kind Thank words. You. Thank you. That does mean a lot. Yeah. Oh, that's just, oh, that makes me feel so good. I know. Get that, get, hear that, and then, you know, also hear Ty singing and rapping at the beginning. It just, this is an elite <laughs> day. It's an elite day. You forgot about that, didn't you? Yeah, no. No, I didn't. <laughs> I think I'm going to be Uh, hearing about it a lot more now in the Discord, maybe on Twitter after this goes up uh, Friday morning. But you know what? Uh, I'll own it. I'll own it. It's fine. (gasps) Oh, my goodness. That was elite. But thank you. Thank you for that kind review. And again, five stars uh, wherever you can, plus the the Discord entry on uh, gspn.info. That form is there. But thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Eurostep Podcast Network. Uh, check out everything I just mentioned about leaving a review and stuff. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this, please. It does help. Um, and thank you for the support. Pod Random. And we'll talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.